as long as we don't treat the climate crisis as a crisis and as long as we keep lobby interests influencing these texts and these processes, we are not going to get anywhere. We need to address the root causes. That's a polite and civil climate activist, Greta Thunberg, speaking after the recent COP28 in Dubai. Ms. Thunberg reflects the views of many people all around the world about the whole COP process. Yes, welcome to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. I am your host, Robert McLean. This podcast is assembled here in Shepparton, in northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Yes, and let's listen now to the rest of what Miss Thunberg had to say. There have been 28 cops and that has not led us anywhere but moving still in the wrong direction. I think this COP has once again proven that the COP processes are not working in our favour. Um, they are not designed to solve the climate crisis. Um, they are m- more working as an alibi for world leaders to say that, oh, we, we signed this and they're not actually doing anything. If the COPs would have led to anything, we would have seen results by now. Some people say that this is a first step, but we've already had first steps and that hasn't led us anywhere. The emissions are still increasing. We are experiencing record highs. Um, this this text is toothless and it is nowhere even close to being sufficient to keep us within the 1.5 degree limit. It is a stab in the back for those most vulnerable and it was undemocratic. It was uh, signed when when many island states were not in the room. That is completely unacceptable and we cannot talk about climate justice without having the most affected in the room. As long as we don't treat the climate crisis as a crisis and as long as we keep lobby interests influencing these texts and these processes, we are not going to get anywhere. We need to address the root causes. Europe has experienced climate-driven floods. Listen to this. Water levels in the River Rhine have caused severe floods in parts of the Netherlands and Germany. Forecasts say the peak of the flooding in the Netherlands will take place on Thursday. In some parts of the country, temporary dikes have already been built to control the flooding. Farmers in the Netherlands have warned the poor weather conditions may affect the potato and sugar beet harvest. In neighboring Germany, several storms in quick succession have meant heavy rains on an already soaked ground. Near Bremen, the river Weiser has burst its banks. Some homes and farms on the edge of the suburbs have been flooded. In Norway, many cities are on high alert as heavy snowfall has meant the roads are extremely slippery and dangerous, causing several traffic accidents and injuries. Storm Henk is forecast to hit southern Scandinavia on Sunday morning. Powerful people often use misinformation and even disinformation to reinforce their case. One example that came recently in a story in The Guardian, where Gina Reinhardt said, Renewable energy could use one-third of Australia's prime agricultural land. Reporter Carla Wellquist asked, is she right? Well, I'm pretty much sure she's not. Because I have a friend here in the Goulburn Valley who has spent a lot of time looking at how solar energy would work in this part of the world, and he argues that less than 1% of our arable land would be used for solar panels. Less than 1%. That's 
somewhat different from what's suggested by Gina Reinhardt, as she's saying it's one-third of Australia's prime agricultural land. The Guardian's story begins. Wind and solar farms are popping up in renewable energy zones and designated development areas around Australia. Within those zones, it can feel as though new projects are everywhere, on your property or your neighbours, on the hills into town. Fueling this narrative is Australia's richest person, Gina Reinhardt, who said at an event naming her as the Australian Financial Review's 2024 Business Person of the Year, that one-third of Australia's prime agricultural land could be taken over by renewable energy projects, particularly solar. That figure comes from a report released this month by the Institute of Public Affairs, the report of the right-wing think tank, which has consistently advocated against emissions reduction policies and called for Australia to pull out of the Paris Agreement, claims that one-third of Australia's agricultural land would have to be sacrificed to renewable energy developments to meet Australia's energy needs with a 50-50 mix of wind and solar by 2050. According to the Australian Institute, the Clean Energy Council and the projections of the Australian energy market operator, AMO, both the IPA's prediction of the amount of space required and the demand assumptions it is based on are incorrect. I can't overstate how ridiculous the extrapolations in this report are, says Australia Institute Principal Advisor, Mark Oakey. Now we have a story from The Guardian by Peter Hennam, and it's from Friday, December 29. The story has the headline, Queensland's power supply to face strain as heatwave demands soar to near record levels. The story begins. Queensland's electricity supplies are expected to be strained for a second day in a row as the heatwave roasting much of northern Australia lifts power demand to near record levels. The mercury exceeded its forecast maximum for Brisbane by 37 degrees Celsius by early afternoon and was recently at 38.3 degrees Celsius or 8 degrees above the December average Bureau of Meteorology data showed. Next we have a story from the Washington Post by Claire Parker. It has the headline, How Heat Officers Plan to Help Cities Survive Ever Hotter Summers. The story begins. The world will remember the summer of 2022 in the Northern Hemisphere as a season of brutal heat that saw rivers run dry, wildfires rage and farmers struggle to save their crops. Temperatures broke records in Britain, Spain and Portugal and in East Asia. Thousands of people in Europe have died from the heat and heat-fueled fires have burned more than a million acres of land across the continent. In the United States, temperatures soared as high as 113 degrees in Texas in July. Drought in Mexico has driven water rationing and theft. In China, experienced its worst heat wave in six decades, authorities shut factories. Politicians and policymakers are worried about what increasingly extreme weather will mean for the health of communities. To face the problem, some cities have appointed heat officers or assigned similar officials to help adapt to the new reality. Yes, we've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations and this is the last episode for 2023. Yes, the last for the year. And what a year it's been. Well, it hasn't been a very good year at all. We've made zero progress regarding the climate crisis. Of course, we are told otherwise. Our governments 
are full of hollow rhetoric. They say they're doing all sorts of things, but in fact they're doing nothing. If they're serious about combating the climate crisis, it's going to require serious, serious action. They're going to have to make decisions they've probably never made, well, they've never made before, and they'll be hard, they'll be difficult, they'll be challenging, and they'll probably lose votes. But it's a decision they have to make, because otherwise people are going to lose lives. So it's votes or lives, which is it going to be? Now, I'd like you to follow this podcast, because if you do that, you'll be alerted every time I publish a new episode, and I'll be back soon. I'll be back for 2024. Now, I'd love you to share this with your friends, because it's important that we all know all we possibly can about the climate crisis. So please share this, make sure they know what's going on, who's doing what, who's saying what, why they're saying it, and how we can respond, or how we should respond. Now, I'd love to hear from you. I want to hear from you what you think about this podcast. So you can contact me via email at number 7 at icloud.com. Now, don't hold back. Good or bad, let me know. Now, until we talk again, and it will be next year, 2024, I want you all to take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And again, I've forgotten to say... Please go to the show notes because there you'll find lots of links about stories that still fill my screen. Now, before I go, let's say something about 2024. I wish you all well for next year and I want you to join me and join others and try and do something about the climate crisis. Now, please take care, stay safe, enjoy the year and be kind.